shattered to unbreakable. Listen here, sweet sister. Whether you think you have one little crack or you are shattered into a billion pieces, this podcast is going to give you the resources, tools, and skills to help piece yourself back together to form a beautiful, unique, solid, and unbreakable masterpiece. You are listening to Shattered to Unbreakable, the Reclaim podcast. Let's talk. Welcome to the Phoenix series, where you are going to be hearing from really brave women who have risen above a tough season in their life. We're doing this because so many women have been silenced in their tough seasons, and these women that are sharing are bravely stepping out so that you don't have to, so that you have something to cling to and somebody to follow and relate to so you don't feel so alone. However, this does come with a trigger warning. There are things that are going to be in these stories that are hard to hear and might evoke some big emotions. So with that being said, take care of yourself, but enjoy hearing these women's hearts. All right. So we are here with Mary McIntosh and I was introduced to Mary through my sister. Actually, Mary knew me when I was still married and going through lots and lots of H-E double hockey sticks, mentally, emotionally, (laughs) psychologically. Uh, She had already been through what I was going through. And during the series, I couldn't think of a stronger woman to come on and tell about what a phoenix really looks like in real life. So, Mary, thank you so much for being on. Uh, I can't wait for everybody to meet you. Tell us just a tad bit about you. Well, thank you so much for that. Um, That that makes me feel good because a lot of times we... um, when we've been through abusive relationships and we've been divorced, we feel very um, hidden and unseen and like nobody is seeing the efforts that we're, we're putting into things. So that, that means a lot. And yeah, I've known Brandy for a lot of years. Um, I'm still just such good friends with her sister. And um, I remember like watching her journey actually, and um, just kind of just, kind of comparing it to my own and that like, okay, she's getting it. Okay. She's putting down boundaries. Okay. Like she, and, and noticing that there was a difference even in how Brandy was, um, um, going about things that I sense in my coaching and just my just general interactions with other women that, um, that not everybody does. And so I guess to start out with like a background type of a thing, um, I felt like I handled things very similarly to the way, to the way you did Brandy in that, um, I was, I'm, I'm a God person. And so there was a lot of God involved in things and there was a lot of timing involved in things, but there was a lot of, okay, like that's a boundary. Like we're done. Like we're not doing that anymore within the marriage. And then I would kind of wait and I would consult with God and okay, what's my next step. And I would wait for that next step. And there's a lot of reasons I think that go into all of that. But um, anyway, yeah, I got married really young. Um, I did kind of the and this is I think where some of my shame from all this comes in is I'm like, you were really dumb. (laughs) Is kind of what I end up feeling like is why? Why were you not thinking this through you got out of other relationships that you were like, yeah, this one isn't right. And you did that time and time again, like, I don't know what happened in this one. I think that's where actually a lot of my shame comes from. Yeah, is just feeling like I was dumb. And Mm -hmm. Um, so I was super young, um, got married, got pregnant right away. And, um, the, the years that we were married was just a lot of, um, 
my ex-husband working to kick my foundations out from under me, trying to kick my foundations out from under me. And then what he would try to do once he felt like he had started to affect those foundations of what made me who I was, then he would insert himself there as if I, as if he was something stable to, to stand on. And then what he would do is he would yank himself away really quick. And then I'm here floundering and going, Whoa, now what's my, what's my stability here. And thankfully, and here's a, uh, I guess a plug for being um, a good, strong, stable parent is my foundations for my family were strong enough that he rocked my world, but those foundations were solid enough that, that I was able, he, he wasn't able to alienate me from my family mm. or from my friends. And Brandy's sister um, can attest to a lot of this too. He wasn't able to alienate me. Um, but there was still just years and years of him doing kind of that same cycle and doing the, the, the kind of the stereotypical, um, you're crazy. Like, what's the matter with you? Like, you know, um, and you would sit there and you would think of, I remember I would plot and plan how to bring something up to him Mm -hmm. and, um, cause he would stay after work and just drink for hours and hours and hours. And he would go days without seeing the kids not because he was working out of town or anything like that, but because he got up early to go to work and then he would get home hours after they went to bed because he would stay at work and, and drink. So I would, I would go, okay, how can I bring this up to him in a way that he won't get mad? Right. And when should I bring it up to him? When's the right place and when's not. And, um, and it was never, it was never right. It didn't matter how much planning. It didn't matter how I approached the situation. Mm -hmm. It was, it was never right. Um, the other thing that he really did that was kind of crazy making, and, and all of this is kind of playing into how um, the things I've had to heal from since then is he wouldn't ever an- answer a direct question. Yep. Um, he would, um, I would say, hey, where are you? And he'd be like, on a road. And I was like, oh, well, like, where? Like, what road? And he was like, a road in town or a dirt road or a paved road or whatever and he would talk in circles until I would just quit yeah, asking when yeah. he was going to be home because he wouldn't answer. And those are just kind of some really, because a lot of times with abuse, it's really hard to tell other people about it because it just seems, um, it just seems like, oh, maybe that was a jerk moment. Yeah. Or, like it doesn't seem that bad. It's when you start piling incident after incident up that it starts to create a full picture. And those were just kind of some, some of the little minor simple things that he did that really affected my brain right? and how I viewed myself and how I viewed the world. And I started to question if I was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let's see. Um, so I guess fast forward. We, we were divorced and, and honestly, the, the, the early years and Brandy, you can attest to this of being divorced were almost harder than being married. Absolutely. Um, so, so difficult. And, and it was weird because when you're married to somebody and you're married to somebody like that, like they know you and Mm -hmm. it was really crazy. I remember having doubts just in my, in my, in my own brain. And then he would call to talk to the kids or something like that. And he would end up talking to me and whatever it was that I was doubting in my brain, he would bring up. It was this mm. really eerie, eerie thing that it was like, he knew what I was thinking. Yeah. And so there was, there were a lot of years of unlearning. Um, 
uh, I had to get in touch with emotions. I was not very in touch with emotions. Like when, when I left and I hired my first coach, um, I remember realizing I couldn't tell the difference between peace and fear, which mm-hmm. is kind of mind boggling. Right. But I knew anger. That, that was what I knew. And, um, and so since then it has been, there's been a lot of ups and downs. There's been a lot of, you fall down in the pit, two steps forward, three steps back type of things. And I think that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of what the Phoenix is about, right? You know, burning down and building back up. And what I had to do is I've had to repeatedly burn down false ideas and false identities that were brought on during that relationship and the years after it and rebuild with what is true. And every time there's been a burning down and a a coming back up or rising up, I've gotten closer and closer to, to remembering who I was, but also remembering even more than that, more than who I was before I met him, like even more like depths of things that you just don't find unless you're put in this kind of situation that you have to dig in order to survive and not end up in the same situation again. Amen to that. And I think a lot of people get stuck in, um, it's funny because I'm kind of looking at at people who aren't, they haven't gone through the hard stuff yet. They don't even realize how amazing they are because they really have nothing Mm. to compare it to. Once you go through something like we've gone through, you start realizing like, holy cow, no, I was pretty freaking amazing. And I don't know how I let him bring me that far down. And to your point of feeling dumb and that shameful, was I stupid? Because every single one of us knows that we shouldn't have done that. Every one of us. And I think that attests, like the fact that most women who are abused by narcissists, um, they are smart, compassionate, driven powerful, overachieving, perfectionist, people pleaser, women, like incredible people. And uh, the fact that we feel so dumb, I think is a testament to how skilled covert narcissists are, or toxic people are at using your strengths, turning them into faults. Like I experienced that a lot using what he used to compliment me for as now it's a weakness. Now it's something that's bad about me. And now I need to watch out and I need to be careful. And I, you know, people are, I mean, I used to be told that the advice that I was giving people was actually detrimental to their mental health. And I'm like, you used to say that you loved my insights, you know, like this is weird. And it started, I was like, Hmm, So, but I like that you brought attention to feeling shameful about feeling dumb about it. And I just want people to understand. And now you probably know more that it was not your intelligence level that got you into that situation. It it was a very skilled predator, you know, that put you there. Um, What else did I write down? I wrote down some things because you were like little golden, (laughs) little golden nuggets were just dropping from the sky. Popping in your brain. Oh, the, so the meaningless, the seemingly meaningless little abusive things. I don't know how many people have said, oh, he doesn't seem abusive. Well, it doesn't like, I don't know if that would be considered abuse. And it's like, unless you've gone through it, probably not. Yeah. Probably not to you. It probably Mm -hmm. doesn't seem bad, but when it's this like 
you're gonna have to break glass on me but it's literally this mind fuckery that Mm -hmm. you can't explain to anyone and you can't see it unless you're there like my mom saw it my sister saw it because they were immersed in it a couple of my close friends saw it because they were there a lot and they were like uh and it even confused them like it seems out of place but it's like i can't say it's a abusive but it seems right we you know it's it is crazy making and then when you try to talk about it to someone they're like i don't know if it's that bad or every relationship has its problems or you know you 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 promised in your vows that you Mm -hmm. would never leave like you need to work through this and even if you go to marriage they hold on to that promise but they don't hold on to the promise of how to treat your spouse exactly Mm -hmm. exactly and um yeah yeah so what else did I write down? Worse, oh, worse when you, okay, right after you leave, it's worse than being married. And I, I really want to stress that point because so many women are scared to leave mm-hmm. validly yeah. so, validly yeah. so. And we did a yeah. whole podcast episode on how to stay. And I think that's really weird mm-hmm. that, you know, people are like, what? How to yeah. stay with, well, no, you should never stay. You should never stay. Well, you've never been in it because like we like to yeah. say, when you leave, you're not saying, you're not leaving the problems. You're leaving the yep. good times and the problems because for some people there are still good times. So you're right. you're leaving the good times and exacerbating the bad. It is a hard yes. decision and it's very, very scary. Especially, I mean, you had yes. some very scary things said and done to you yeah. when you left. So I also wanna point that out. This is no joke. And we're not telling anybody yeah. that you should leave or that you should be ashamed if you don't leave. But, yeah. and we are also telling you, if you do leave, you have a lot of support and you need to reach out and, and really hang on to some strong women in your life that can help you through this. I know Mary, you are a huge piece of my strength when I was going through it, just knowing you had been through it and I would call you or Marco you and be like, Oh, and you're like, yep, yep. This is all part of the process. Yep. 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 you you got this, yep. you got this, you know? So, yeah, to speak to us a little bit about how you got through that hard, hard time of of leaving and being scared, but but like there's a point of no return. Like I have to leave her. I'm yeah. not I'm not safe. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly where I got to. I know that and I was like, Hey God, you either fix me, fix him, or fix this marriage because I'm done. Yeah. We are no longer living this way. And so it's really important to have a good support system and not just have a good support system. You need to listen to the people around you that have your best interest at heart. I would not have been able to leave. I mean, you know, what's the average? Like people leave and come back like seven times. Yeah, five at uh, least. Is it five, five times? Five to seven, yep. Yeah, 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 in abusive marriages. And I left twice. I left one like halfway through there mm-hmm. for like a month and I came back. That was it. And then I was done. And and a huge reason for that was um, was because my support system was so good. Like you, um, I had my parents could see it. Um, I had some good friends that could see it, and um, and then I personally got done. So actually, what what um, what clicked it in mind for me because I had been to various therapists over the years, and they all said words that now I understand, mm-hmm. but at the time I didn't understand. They um, like I had one guy like the first time meeting him, he was like, "Have you ever heard the term narcissist?" And I was like, well, I don't know, like, you know, and he was like, well, I think, 
you may be dealing with something like that. And I was, I just didn't know, like it didn't, I was like some arbitrary word, you know? Yeah. And went right at the very end, um, I, I had like a smart, dumb, a, a dumb smartphone. <laughs> so I was just kind of getting the internet on my, my phone and just discovering YouTube. And I remember going, I'm going to look up what the effects of emotional abuse are on the person being abused. Mm -hmm. And when I was going through these videos that had 20 or 50 little indicators, and I could check off every single box to more or lesser degrees. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> there's something here. Yes. Um, and and I remember being really naive when I left. Um, it was really hard. Um, and like my parents really were the ones that helped push me over the edge. I had never known anybody that had gone through what I was going through. The people I was talking to hadn't gone through it. My yeah. friends hadn't gone through it. Their parents hadn't gone through it. I had no, I didn't, I didn't know anybody. And I was just kind of starting to access like internet stuff. I'd had Facebook, but I just wasn't, you know, so, um, my parents were a huge, huge part in, in getting me out. But I remember just being, um, really hopeful and going, Oh, hopefully this will like relieve the tension and he'll just be this wonderful dad and we can just like get along. No, same. No, no, no. <laughs> I was yeah. really hoping. So like, yeah. So you have to be so aware that if you choose to leave, if you decide that this, that's the right thing for you, like I did, I was like, I'm done. I will not live like this a minute longer. And some really crazy things had to happen to even get to the point where yep. I left after that. So, um, you have to be prepared to go to war. You yes. have to be prepared to go to battle. And sometimes my idea of war and battle is I'm going to kill you. Okay. That is my, like, I will take you down. And if you're, if you're a God person, the way, I am, the way I am, sometimes God's like, Hey, I need you to be a sniper for a minute though. And so I need you to move forward an inch and then you get to wait, wait there for a few days, sweetheart, which in yeah. our, Time can be a few weeks or years. And, okay, now you can take a yeah or years, <sighs> yeah. And now you need to take a move here and you take a move there. And I remember that just being this really helpful um, analogy that I had in my yeah. mind is okay. You're training to be a sniper. You're training to be a sniper. And if you move too fast and if you do the wrong thing, it's all gonna yeah you know, yeah not be good. God, but that's um, such a good analogy. It's very good. I'm using that. <laughs> it was so helpful for my brain. And, and it made me feel like I had a mission too. like, okay, yes. I'm in training. Yes. I have a perp. There's a purpose for me letting my kids be exposed to this crazy making mm. hell that they're in because there's something, there's some reason for it. And actually, I'm, I don't remember if this is your question or not, but I'm going to say this sometimes us allowing our kids and even ourselves to be in these bad situations, these crazy situations where we're like, no, no mother would ever willingly put their child into the situation. But here's what I'll tell you. If you are following your instincts, if you're connecting with your higher power and you feel the right thing is to continue, you know, sending your kids or whatever it is so often it's the, in the sending of your kids, that the abuser is taken down because oh, yes. the reason why 
we are, I'm able to live with my kids the way I am right now, hours away from their dad. They, they don't see him very often. I do extend that whenever we're, we're near there. I extend that invitation. But the reason why I have them full-time now is because I listened to those instincts. Mm-hmm. I consulted the right people. I took, I took action. It like scary, scary action. And he dug his own grave. Yep. And so by the time it came to things came to a head again, after we had been divorced for years, his lawyer looked at him and was like, you can't take her to court. If you take her to court on this, you're going to lose. Yeah. Like you can't do this. And I, I stress that to women and I understand why they don't believe me because it feels impossible and it feels impossible to be in it. And I guess the other part of this is you have to be working on yourself. Yes. You have to be listening to, if you hire Brandy as a coach or you hire me as a coach or you're going to a therapist or whatever it is that you're doing, you must take action on the things your coach is instructing you to do because it was the inner growth in me and the trust in myself that allowed me to take action steps that the majority of women I interact with won't take. Right because they're too afraid exactly, and they yes. get wrapped up in victim identity, which we all do. Of course we all do. Just this last couple of weeks, I was like, man, that is some massive victim stuff going on, sis. Like, you gotta <laughs> that up there. So like there's layers to things. So it's not like, so when we're talking about a Phoenix rising, it's not as if it's this one glorious moment and boom, you're a Phoenix and you stay a Phoenix forever. Mm-hmm. That's not even what the mythological creature does. They, burn and regrow multiple times Mm. and so and that's what life is it's this continual burning down of the old untrue things that aren't serving you anymore and growing into something um truer becoming um an even like remembering even more about who you truly are You're so good. Um, I I forgot that we have to take a break because you're so good. So we're going to take a quick break for to hear from our sponsor. And we're coming right back in here to keep embellishing on Mary's genius. So hold on one second. Let's hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Reclaim is launching a self-discovery subscription box. Each month, you will receive a bite-sized journal piece to guide you on your journey through the month a sample of tea from Happy Lucky's Tea House in Fort Collins, and a handmade themed stackable bracelet. In our luxury box, you will also receive a book specially chosen by Brandy to fit the theme, as well as a sample of bath salts from Pixie Fly Custom Creations in Loveland. Visit stand.store backslash reclaim your story to find out more information. And we're back. I really resonated with the you're sending your children into... I like to say the wolf stand or whatever, you know, you're, you're literally sending your cute little sheep children into a corral where, you know, there's a wolf in sheep's clothing, you know, he's there and you know, he's going to attack and there's nothing you can do about it. And as a mother, it's, it is crazy making and the wolf knows that. So they're going to use that to try to provoke you. So they'll send you texts or they'll tell your kids things to try to provoke this crazy response in you. So they can say, Oh, see, She's see, I told you she's crazy. Mm-hmm. Zero to 60, zero to 60. She's always mm-hmm. like this. She's off her rocker. She's crazy. They will use everything. And 
like Mary said, and I love the idea of the sniper because really you do, you have to strategize. You have to be the, the, the Navy SEAL, the, like the, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like the best of the best, like special, special forces, special forces. Yeah. Yes. You, ha you have to understand the game and strategize and then stick to it. And you're right. They dig their own grave. They completely, they're not smart enough to keep up. Nobody can keep up a lie for that long without it showing yeah. through somehow. And so, yep. you know, our abusers expose themselves as long as you stay grounded, collected, you're right. You're like a soldier in battle and you have to strategize in order to win. And if you move too fast, or if you make too much noise, or if you give away your position, you're screwed mm -hmm. and they'll use yep. it. They will use it. They'll capitalize yep. on it. And Aubrey made a good point on break. We already, we always have the coolest discussions on break that you guys missed. Sorry. We're mm -hmm. going to try to bring some of it back. <laughs> um, but Aubrey was pointing out uh, the average of five to seven times leaving. And she was saying that each time you leave and come back, then they know, they know, first of all, they gain your trust saying they find out why you left. And then you share your wounds because you're making up and, and they care about you and they're so glad you're back and they're so sorry. Right. And there's these fake tears and stuff. And then they're trying to figure out, well, why did she leave? Oh, that's why. Okay. Now I know how to get her back. Now I know what brought her home now. And then everybody else is around you is saying, oh, you went back again. Oh, you went back again. Oh, you went back again. Oh, you're going to leave again. What, how, for how long this time? What, two weeks? Like how long are you going to last? You know, it's, it's very embarrassing to leave over and over yeah. again. And for me, I wasn't going to leave that fifth time. I was just going to stay because I was tired of leaving and I was embarrassed that I kept coming back. So I was like, fine, I'll just stay. But I made a non-negotiable that if there was ever a bruise, I was out. I was hoping the bruise would be on me, but it wasn't, it was on one of my kids. So I was able to, that was my, that was my deal breaking. Like, sorry, bro, I'm out of here. You can't yeah. do that. Yeah. What was the, do you have any like, like non-negotiables that you were like, no, this, this is where it's too far. So mine was kind of a conglomeration of things. There wasn't like a, a one thing, um, but Mine was when I, I recognized the pattern and I listened to those videos. And I, so to give you a couple of examples of things that he would do, like, so an early example and a later example, an early example, we, we were having a disagreement about something and his, the analogy I use here is he would poke the bear until the bear woke up from hibernation and just exploded in a rage. Mm -hmm. So that's what he would do is he would sit there and he would poke me and he would poke me and he would, my, um, one of my best friends, Cassie, who, um, who, you know, yes. Um, she was like, he would sit there and you would say, um, there's a cap on the ground and he'd go, no unicorns are purple. And you'd be like, no, I was talking about the cat. And he was like freaking unicorns over there climbing trees and scratching everything up. I hate unicorns. And then pretty soon you're like, yeah, I hate unicorns too. And you weren't even talking about unicorns. You're talking about a cat. So we were having this argument and this is kind of the, the, the thing that's going on. And I was like, I have to just, I have to walk away. Yeah. Um, I was like, I need a break. I'm done. I got to walk away. And I went upstairs um, with my two little boys into their bedroom. And I was like, I'm just going to hang out with the kids and whatever. Actually, I could have some of these. I, I 
I could have some of these things kind of convoluted where I, where I remember is I ended up in the bedroom with the boys and he came in and, um, he was trying to, you know, and I'm mad, so I'm not wanting to interact. And he is, and I haven't told this story very often, so it's a little bit choppy here, but he came in and he was like, well, why don't you play with the kids? Why don't you play with the kids? And I'm like, no, I just want to sit here with the kids and let them play so I can decompress. And then he's going, oh, mom doesn't want to play with you. Mom doesn't want to play with you. That's go jump on mom, go jump on mom. And mom is like ready to explode. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and part of the irony of all of this is he never played with the kids Mm -hmm. or very, very rarely would play with the kids. And then all of a sudden when I'm in there needing a break, then he's in there Mm -hmm. wanting to play with the kids. And so I finally, I was like, all right, you play with the kids. Then I'm going out of the room. I'm going to go in the other room. Well, then he wouldn't let me leave the room. So then he sat in front of the door, wouldn't let me open the door and then continued like playing with the kids and saying things to me and saying things to the kids. So that was kind of an early on version. And then, um, in the the couple months before I left, we had, we had moved away from where we had been living. And I remember thinking, okay, this is going to make or break us Mm. because he's away from his friends up here. He will be home more because he doesn't have the friends. It's we're going to see how this works. Okay. Well, he was a big drinker. And, um, instead of him being out with his friends drinking, he brought it home. So it just, it, it made everything, it it exacerbated everything. And so, um, the, that second story is we actually, there's even more than I'm not even going to be too long. So the ending part of that story is we had pulled up to, um, to get the mail. And I was driving because by this point he was waking up and starting to drink at like eight o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. on days that he was on call and had to drive on all the time. He was drinking like a 24 pack within a two or three day period, like maybe even more. I don't even know. Um, And I went in and got the mail and I came back out and I was on the steps in front of the car and I was just kind of sorting through the mail, looking through it as I was walking to the car and I get in and he just freaks out on me. Well, what's in the mail? What are you, are you hiding something? What's going on? What do you, and I'm like, freaking see the mail. Like it's right here. And I was already on edge because of a lot of things that had been going on in the couple mm-hmm. hours leading up to this um, and different things that he was doing. And um, so I was like, here's the mail. I'm not hiding anything. And he just kept at it and kept at it and kept at it. And was saying things like, well, you better not like, are you looking for a lawyer? Are you this? Are you that? And I, you know, and so we got home and he continued to say things acute, like just accusing me of different things and saying things like, well, if you leave, you know, you're don't count on getting any child support. Don't. And those were common things he would say other times. He would be on the phone with his brother and be like, yeah, if my wife ever left me as he's looking at me, you know, she wouldn't get any child support or she could try to leave me, but you know, all those things. And, um, so we're, we're back at the house at this point and he's sitting over in his chair and I'm kind of in the other room and we're, and by this point I'm mad and Mm -hmm. I'm screaming and yelling. And one of my little boys comes out and like hugs my leg. And I was like, you got to go back to your room. Like you cannot be here. And then he started in going, well, why are you yelling at the kids? Like, what's ma- what's what's wrong? Mm-hmm. And he, he would just kind of mm-hmm. sit back in his chair and be like, oh, what's the matter with you? Like, mm-hmm. you've been poking the bear, you know? 
and accusing me of all these different things. Um, every one of our child children was illegitimate, by the way, according to him. He always accused me of, of cheating. How did these children get here? I don't know. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, and so again, I retreated to my room because I'm like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Kids are in their room. I went to my room. Well, he brings all the kids in, jump on mom, jump on mom, play with mom, let's play, let's wrestle, let's tickle, let's all these different things. And I'm sitting there not playing because I'm ready to flip the wall. And, and then, you know, he kind of starts to go back out and he he turns around and says something about, I'm so disappointed in you. Oh, geez. you just are so emotionally unstable and emotionally unavailable to your kids or, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And I was like, what? the heck like what the crap and like i said before he had started he had started day drinking like even worse than he ever did before and there were all these it was just like this instapot like this pressure cooker kind of situation um that we couldn't get out of and mm -hmm. we couldn't get away from and so i finally like built up enough pressure i think and talked to enough of my the people that were close to me that i was like there's something wrong really wrong here right. and then not long after that i i found those those videos which actually let me backtrack a minute in the very beginning of my marriage i knew there was something wrong and and i i don't know I, i'm gonna tell this i maybe we may have to i don't know yeah go ahead i okay i well i remember praying and going okay is it time for me to leave mm-hmm like this, this is all the things that's, that are, these are all the things that are going on. And my impression for me was it's not time yet. Mm -hmm. And again, this can be, this can be a timing thing. And the reason why I'm like a little bit hesitant to say it, I don't know. You just got to follow your instincts. Right? right. So I, and I guess where the point is, is if you had an impression, if you have had an impression that it's time to do something or not time to do something, follow whatever that impression is because sometimes it's like it's time to leave and there's a reason why it's time for you to leave right now. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's an impression that says it's not time yet because it's not time yet. There's right. um, trust it. things. Yeah. Things have to fall into place. Right. Um, and if you trust that, then you'll be taken care of. By the time I left, we had no debt. He was making, um, a lot more money than what we were earlier on, mm -hmm. which allowed us to get out of debt because I was very good about paying off the debt. So, and actually those were things that were going on in my brain the whole time, like get you guys out of debt, get you guys out of debt. And mm -hmm. I followed those things. So when I left, we were pretty free and clear. Like it was not hard to split things up. It was not because I had followed those little voices. So right. whatever that little voice is telling you, just pay attention to whatever it is. I love that advice. And like I said, we've even told people stay, it's fine. <laughs> you know, like we're not, we are definitely not advocates. It's, no to, it's not, and you have to be ready. Yeah. And if you're not, yeah. if you're not ready, you will fold and it's not even yes. your fault. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't, because you have to be, you have to be 10 times stronger on the outside of it than you do on the inside exactly. of it. Because he is going to do everything he can to take you down or to get you back or to destroy you. Yep. Whether it's, whether it's publicly, which I know you have dealt with yep. or it's just you as a person, which is more of what I, I dealt with. Right. Um, 
and you have to be able to set strong boundaries. Things like I, after the first few weeks of being separated, I refused to talk on the phone with him to this day, eight years later, I, I don't talk to him on the phone. So mm-hmm. like it has to be via text message. Yes. And a lot of people do email or whatever it is, but it has to go on record. I have to have yes. a record of it and I have to allow myself breathing room before I answer. And I, I taught myself instinctually. I knew I needed to be so neutral yes. and not put any emotion into anything I ever said. Right. And, um, so you have to, like what you were saying, you have to be ready internally to take that stance and just be so done that you cannot be persuaded, um, to come back or to, or whatever it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to be sure of your decision and that way you have the power behind it to see it through yeah. for sure. Um, oh, I had something in my head. Are you thinking of anything? I, I am actually, I am thinking that's, that's what I do. I sit over here <laughs> I and I think about things. I was going to ask. Um, yeah, I just, so I, like Brandy said, uh, during the break, I got, I was really angry actually thinking about, you know, the average that, uh, women leave is five to seven times. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just, it's an isolation tactic. It's it what it, because it discredits mm-hmm. you with your friends. And like Mary has said, your support system is crucial. Mm-hmm. She was able to be under the average because she had this support system. Right. And you mm-hmm. can't, when you feel it's time and to because leave. Because I was willing to listen. Yes. I was willing to listen. Yeah. When you're ready to leave, you can't just pack a backpack and slam the door. You yeah. have to be calculated. You have to, you have to, yes, you have to be ready. And, um, so I just wanted to encourage everyone listening. If you're in a relationship, if you feel like you might need to leave, or even if you feel like you're in a healthy relationship, because healthy doesn't mean perfect. Right. Healthy means healthy. And, um, you pay attention to your partner, pay attention to the things that are not okay with you. And if you can bring up like, Hey, this crossed a line. Mm-hmm. I didn't like this. And you can work it out like adults. That's how adults communicate. Right. Um, then <laughs> you're you're in a healthy healthy. marriage and or relationship. And you have to focus on yourself too. You have to notice those things in you. Yes. Oh, that wasn't okay the way that I talked to him. Right. I didn't I didn't do that well. Mm-hmm. Right. Um because right. yeah, because everything Mary's yeah. describing, I just feel like somebody needs to hear this right now. Everything that Mary described, that's not how healthy people fight. Right. Healthy people do yeah. fight. Not like that. Not like that. Mm-hmm. And and it's a provo- it's a provocation. That's mm-hmm. what he did to you. It's this provoking. Yeah. Oh, that's what I wanted yeah. to say. I love the idea that you that you looked for videos of the results of abuse because it's really hard to look for um, characteristics of a narcissist. It's also very hard to mm-hmm. diagnose somebody with mm-hmm. narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. There's also a whole spectrum of types spectrum. of narcissists or how narcissistic they are. All of us have a little bit of narcissism in us. All of us do. Right. Mm-hmm. That's just not normal. So in order, I mean, yeah. my abuser called me a narcissist. He's like, I'm not the narcissist you are. I'm like, fine, <laughs> whatever. I'm still leaving. <laughs> Sorry, you're a victim. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> not going to abuse you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anyways lucky you uh, oh. <laughs> anyway so the idea that you are looking at the results because no one can take the results away from you you do feel crazy you do feel like you can't leave a conversation without figuring out what's wrong with you like even if you tried to set a boundary you're leaving that conversation finding three things that are wrong with you that you need to fix 
I mean, that these are all like, yeah. if I love the idea that you looked up, what effects are there? And there are physical effects that we've talked about the addiction effect of you are literally addicted to this trauma now, and you're going to look for it yep. and you're going to yep. miss it. You're going to miss that in a weird way. I, I did. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't miss it. I think I was just so done. I didn't miss it. But yeah, me um, I mean, you did. But That's why brain, you went sometimes back. Cause... Your brain. Yeah. Sorry. In the beginning. Well, and sometimes it's not that you miss it, miss it. It's your brain chemicals are not firing because you have such heavy dumps of the dopamine and all of those yeah. um, adrenaline and those, those kind of chemicals happening. Yes. You may not miss it as in, oh, I miss you or my puppy or something like yeah, that. But yeah. the, the chemicals in your brain are no longer getting, you're no longer getting those dopamine dumps yes. um, as, as constantly and consistently as you were before. So your brain seeks out ways to get that because it's kind of like um, um, caffeine or taking like melatonin too much. Eventually your body quits producing its own melatonin. Right. If you're taking melatonin all the time to help you sleep exactly. or caffeine, eventually your body gets used to this much caffeine. And so you up it and up and up it. And eventually your body doesn't function well without caffeine at all. Right. Like you don't have any energy without it. And so it's the same thing. There is your body quits producing natural dopamine or um, you were in such a fight or flight adrenaline stage for so long. And, and that chemical rush is what your, your system yes. is missing more mm -hmm. so than I miss. Absolutely. You. And honestly, when you're going through post-separation abuse, you're getting those hits. Yeah. <laughs> like you're getting, yeah, you're yeah, getting them. You so um, I, yeah. I, that's part of it too, I guess, is you're, you're still being abused. Yeah. If you have children with them, you will be, you will continue yeah. to be abused afterwards but yeah that's and that's strategies. where it is so important to like i mentioned earlier to get really like bored really flat really mm -hmm. neutral about how you're responding to yes to that um to your ex because otherwise you they're, they're looking for something to feed into exactly they're looking for something to get a rise out of you yep. to get a whatever it is out of you so you've got to kind of go deadpan and just got to kind of act like you're bored like yep here's the facts and mm -hmm. that's it exactly like yes no answers wherever possible because because you have to start to break that addiction to the fight mm -hmm. that then produces those chemicals and you're going to want to, you're going to want to fight back. Yeah. You're cause they're going to yeah. say the most heinous things. And you're like, what? Yeah. I can even prove yeah. that that's not true. And they don't mm -hmm. care. They would like you to, yep. to communicate. They would like you to show the proof. You just can't. Yep. I was doing that in the beginning. And then I learned about the gray rock method of communication and then the yellow rock mm -hmm. method of communication. And then we have a whole episode for subscribers in the dig deeper about um, how to navigate through post-separation abuse, mm -hmm. how to communicate, mm -hmm. what to document, when to document, all of those things, yeah. um, how to protect yourself financially. So if you're not subscribed and you are going through this, it's a great episode. Um, I think it's only $2.99 a month mm -hmm. to subscribe to this. I like to tell people, if you're in a pinch, just pay for one month, listen to it, and then cancel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you just really want to hear yeah. it. We're not offended. Yeah. Okay? No. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> but we do have some great dig deepers. Um, and I am sorry, audience, I promise like 20 to 30 minute episodes, but Mary, this is too good. Like you guys are just going to have to listen to all of it. Yeah. Um, but there was one more thing I wanted to say. Remember, remember in my brain, 
I'm sorry, that one didn't make it out. <sighs> it didn't upload correctly. <laughs> well, speaking of effects of abuse, oh, that I was talking about the chemical and the physical. Your hippocampus literally shrinks. That's where your memory mm. is. So when you're pro, mm. when you're exposed to prolonged trauma and abuse, yeah. your your brain literally shrinks, and it also happens to your kids. So that's something to yeah. keep in mind. Yeah. What's cool about it is it is yeah. reparable to a point after you leave. So don't get, you know, too scared. But if you find yourself not remembering, and that's another thing they capitalize on is if mm -hmm. you, if a situation yeah. happened and you try to recount it and you're like, was I standing by the sink or was I in the bathroom? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe, maybe he's right. Oh my gosh. I am crazy. I am losing my yeah. mind. Like maybe I need to listen to him. Like self-reflectiveness yeah. And even um, if you go to marriage counseling, advice that a counselor will give you for communicating with a narcissist is not going to work. They're giving you communication tips mm -hmm. for a healthy person. For it's normal not going to work for a narcissist. They will capitalize on you sharing your feelings. Yep. So it's yep. it's just a it's a nightmare. We're here. And they remember everything. Oh, of it's course. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, they remember 10% of the truth and then they make up 90%, but then they convince you that the 90% was truth because you can't remember. <laughs> so. mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, they remember all the little situations. They can bring in situations yes. from whenever it was that one time that you did whatever. Yes. And then they blow it up to make it look mm -hmm. like. Exactly. Something. Exactly. Yep. Well, you're like the epitome of a Phoenix rising and I love watching you and you do have coaching. So explain to them how they can get a hold of you and what kind of coaching you offer, because I believe that there's enough room for everybody to have coaching from all different areas. Yeah, we all um, we all need to hear things from different people in different ways and different things like that. So probably the best way to find me right now is on Instagram. And I'm Mary E. McIntosh on there. M-C-I-N-T-O-S-H. I have started to do TikTok videos. Um, I don't really know what my handle is on there because <laughs> it's like, I, it's like Mary McIntosh 325 or something, something like, like that. that. Um, yeah. Um, I have, um, I, I do offer coaching, but only off and on. Okay. Um, and so if that is something that somebody hears and they're interested in finding it, interested in pursuing that, they can DM me there on Instagram. Um, and the other thing is, is we have a podcast that we're, um, that we have some episodes up on, on YouTube and it's called single mom talks. Ooh. The best way you can find that though, is through again, my Instagram, okay. because we're just not high enough up in the rankings yet to be able to search it. To search for okay. It. Okay. So yeah, um, I'll have shirts coming out here before too long with the remember who you are, which I kind of mentioned in the beginning. That was a mantra that I felt like just kept coming to my brain over and over and over again. Remember who you are. Remember yes. who you are. And um, so at some point that will be on one of the social medias there too. Nice. Okay, perfect. Is there any other, what kind of coach, like what, what are people going to be growing towards if they work with you? Yeah. So my coaching is centered around, um, trusting yourself and it's, I mean, I, I typically focus on single moms, but we're not, and we end up talking about single mom things, of course, Yes. but it's about leading you back to you. It's about using specific tools 
and goal setting type techniques in order to get you solid within yourself, Mm -hmm. get you connected with your higher power so that you're solid within yourself and the decisions you're making. And if I know, oh, hey, I've got this thing I'm working through. I need an outside opinion. Who should I go to? Brandy. Brandy has has something that I need to hear. And so Mm -hmm. I go to Brandy and she gives me some feedback and I go, yep, okay, that's exactly what I needed. And I go and do it. So, so there's a lot of, um, tuning into yourself, Mm -hmm. um, and taking, um, extreme ownership in your life and how your life is playing out, how you're showing up in your life and just trusting trusting yourself. It's building that foundation of getting to know and trust yourself. I love it. Okay, perfect. Um, is there any closing notes that you want to say about women who might be facing this burning and rising roller coaster? Um, I actually thought about kids a couple times throughout, throughout this. And so I just wanted to throw out that um, if you're in a situation where your kids are um, you're having to send your kids to your ex or you're still in the, the marriage, whatever it is, be the light, mm. be the difference. And I remember thinking, okay, I have to, my, my kids for whatever reason need to be going to see their dad right now. And I am going to make, when they're with me, I want it to be as stark of a contrast right. between my home and his home, <coughs> excuse me as I can possibly get it to be. And there was, I was vigilant about certain things with my kids. I was vigilant about earning their trust Mm -hmm. and, and building that trust. I was vigilant about making my home a very, very different place from his while at the same time though, ladies, you got, you got to watch this. Your natural tendency is to be the nurturer, Mm -hmm. to be soft and all of those wonderful womanly things. You cannot be a pushover though. Yep. You cannot be a pushover. It's, I mean, I was going to say, especially with boys, but either one, yeah. it doesn't matter. You have got to be that strong boundary person, no matter where you are. And your kids want that. They yes. do not want you to um, roll over and let them do whatever they want to try to make up for whatever they're, they've gone through. That is such they an don't important point. Mm-mm. Such an important point. Yeah. And the more you heal yourself, the more you the more you can help heal them. So invest in yourself because when you, when you catch yourself flipping out on them for spilling their drink or not picking up their toys and inside you're going, why is this making me so mad? Like it, I shouldn't be this mad. If you learn how to look inward and identify those things and heal those things. Mm -hmm. So Brandy does brain spotting. It's an excellent tool to um to work through those those triggers and you heal that all of a sudden you're like oh they spilled their drink all right let's clean it up no big deal (laughs) or oh they're really mad at me around their dad or something here like that like hey buddy i got you like i understand instead of you getting hurt yeah or offended or whatever yes yeah yeah so keep that stark contrast and be strong. Your children yeah. want a strong mother. They do not want to push over. They do not want somebody that just gives them everything on a whim and yeah. has no disciplinary structure to their lives. Absolutely. And hold that. Cause I, I see that a lot in women. That's a weakness that we to women 
Um, we're more prone to having than men are. I dealt with that in the beginning because, um, my ex wants to take the kids from me permanently all the time, wants full custody. Mm -hmm. So when I, and he actually took them from me when I first left and said, the only time you can see them is if I'm there. Well, when you're leaving a narcissistic person, it has to be no contact. No, I can't see you. No, I can't talk to you on the phone. Well, then you can't see the kids. So for eight months, you know, I didn't have that and it was really hard. So when I finally got them back, not only were they coached to be scared of me, Mm -hmm. scared of me. So they would say, they would say to me, mommy, I'm scared of you. However, they would rush up to me, hug me, play with me, laugh. Mm -hmm. But if anything got brought up about how they felt about mommy, they would say, I'm scared of mommy. And they would each have the same sentence. I knew they were coached at that point. So, so I was afraid to discipline them in that first, because I was like, they're going to hate me and they're just going to go tell him. And then he's going to take them from me because I still had not had custody. Like I still, the custody thing was all wishy-washy still. And, and I was afraid of what he could and couldn't do. I didn't understand my rights and I didn't understand the way the court system worked. And I was scared out of my mind to be a hard mom. However, Mm -hmm. I also saw the effects of that. I was a pushover. They disrespected me. If they didn't get what they want, one time we were rollerblading and we were there for like three hours and it was time to go. And so I, I took my son's roller skates to the counter and turned them in. I got back and he said, where are my roller skates? I said, I turned them in. He spit in my face and started screaming at me at five years old. Mm. I was like, whoa. And yeah. You know, at first I was like, I, I don't even know what to do there. I don't even know. I didn't even say anything. Yeah. I didn't even say anything to him. I was just like, that's not okay. And, and then I like left with him. Obviously yeah. I didn't leave him there. <laughs> we all left. <laughs> um, There's your punishment. Yeah. You're staying here. Um, but after I started, so my roommate helped say like, Hey, I don't like seeing them disrespect you. It's like hurting me just to watch this happen. And then I started dating Corey and he was like, no. And then my mom would come visit and my sister would come visit and they'd be like, what? Like, are you kidding me? And so after about probably nine months of being a pushover, I started realizing, you know what? I need to be stronger. And I think I even did a poll on Facebook, like, what should I do? And everyone was like, you got to be the mom and the dad. You have to be the mom and the dad. So then I started getting more like structured. Nope. You do it when I say, and then obviously it helps to have Corey around more because they respect him more, but he shows respect to me. And then they are like, oh, mom is worth respecting because obviously their dad doesn't respect me. And he openly talks about how not respectable I am to them. So every time they come back to me, it's like this emotional struggle at first and then it it gets better. But I can personally attest to it's a much better to have the, you know, it's authoritative parenting style is what it's called. That is the most healthy for the kids, even though it's the hardest as a mom. So yes, there's so much truth. And you guys can, and you guys can do it if they're, so I'm one that I have not been in a long-term relationship since I got divorced. And so I've never had that there. So what I'm, what I want to throw out is if you happen to be in that position where there isn't somebody there as a backup, you can be strong enough to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard and it sucks and it, and it grates, but it's worth the vigilance. It's worth, um, it's worth doing, even if it's hard. Amen to that. 
Well, thank you, Mary. Gosh, there's so many nuggets. There's so many nuggets. And um, such a good conversation. Yes. I just thank you so much for coming on here and sharing because I know it's hard and it's it's a brave thing to do. And so I appreciate you thank very you much. And I love you. I love you. And that's and that's it. And thank you for having me. <laughs> okay. I'm really good at conclusions, right, Aubrey? I Excellent. Know. That's beautiful. How do you end? See you next week. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you for joining us today. We love leaving you with extra resources at the end. And we do have some brand new things coming out. One of them we're very excited about is a monthly self-discovery or self-care subscription box. So you pay every month, you get a pretty box with all kinds of wonderful things in it, including self-care instructions, things to help you relax, like bath salts and candles. And of course there's tea. Of course there's tea. We talk about tea all the time. So you will have a tea sample in that box that relates to whatever we're doing that month. So we're very excited to bring that to you. Another thing is with your reclaimed journal, we're noticing that there is a need for people who learn differently. So we've created a online DIY course. So you can watch, listen, and read your journal and do the exercises along with me. There are also two bonus exercises in the course that are not in the journal. So check that out. You can go to reclaimjournal.com or you can go to stand.store backslash reclaim your story. That's what it is called, the Reclaim Your Story course. So I'm not going to confuse you with any more information than that. But if you want more on brain spotting, coaching, and all the other things that we do, go to reclaimjournal.com and browse around. We're excited to see you next week. Stay sparkly, sweet sister.